Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So this week on the podcast, we have the brilliant John Morton. John is an actor, a playwright, and a screenwriter, and someone who's just a generally incredibly sound dude, as you're going to hear over the course of this episode. John most recently appeared on stage in The Harvest by Jane McCarthy, uh, alongside a brilliant cast of Marcus Lamb and Fionn Foley that was at the new uh, theatre. Uh, and as a playwright, John has written, I mean, tons of stuff. Most recently, I saw... Uh, the Hellfire Squad, uh, which he co-wrote with the brilliant Peter McGann. Uh, I also saw War, War of Attrition, uh, which we talk about. And I mean, he's done tons and tons of stuff. And he's got some really exciting stuff uh, in the pipeline, which uh, I know uh, you're all probably going to hear about because it's uh, it all sounds really great. So um, keep an eye out for him. But yeah, as I said, he's just a generally incredibly sound person. And this episode was fucking deadly. Uh, we've been trying to make it happen for ages. And John, if you are listening, thanks so much for taking the time to do it. Uh, I massively... Appreciate it. Uh, in other news, Copperface Jacks the musical uh, is up and running. We're in previews now as you listen to this. Um, it's going brilliantly, guys. It's been a whirlwind few uh, few days and, and weeks um, in terms of the prep. Uh, it's just been so flat out. But we're in the Olympia Theatre now. It looks great. The cast really is exceptional on this one. Uh, and, and they're so nice. And, I mean, the team is unbelievable. Paul Howard is possibly the best comedy writer that this country has ever produced. Uh, Carl Harper, in the director, uh, is back from LA and he's just he just gets comedy like no one else. Uh, and then we have an incredible uh, choreographer in De- Debbie Kiernan uh, and Cahill Sinnott, um, who I mean MDs practically everything uh, across the stages of this country. It's a real honour to be a part of that and I'm really enjoying it. Um, so come and check us out at the Olympia Theatre. It's Copperface Jackson Musical and it's as much crack as you'd think it is. Um, so I hopefully see you there uh, and yeah, other than that, just please enjoy the brilliant John Morton playing Personality Bingo with Tom Morton. John Morton, ready to play Personality Bingo? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. So a quick explanation of how it all works. Uh, so there are 60 balls in here, 60 minutes on the clock, and 60 corresponding questions. Uh, I've also given you five numbers on that little sheet. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Uh, they are 8, 19, 47, 51, and 28. Very good. And would you do me another favour and pick a sixth, something between 1 and 60 that's not already there? Okay, uh, 12. 12, nice one. Scribble that down. Why number 12? I have no idea. It was the first one that popped into my head. Actually, I'll, that actually I'll, I'll, that's that's a lie. 13 kind of popped into my head. But I was like, I keep using 13. I was like, it's a very, it's a very negative number. So mm. I'm going to try and not use that. So I went for the one before it. Yeah, nice. And why not 14? Yeah, ever neglected 14. I, 14. I don't think I've ever picked 14 for anything. Uh, not, yeah, no, no, like, Dave, 14 just reminds me of Thierry Henry. Yeah. And two weeks. <laughs> and two weeks. That's it. It reminds me of a fortnight. Yeah, exactly. I don't like to think of a fortnight. I never use the word fortnight. I'll always say two weeks. Yeah. I actually, I always find I, I mispronounce it as well. It's like a TH thing, but like, you know, uh, I, I, I'd overdo it. I'd be like fortnight. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. not right. You're overcompensating. I'm overcompensating completely. Um, and I should say that if uh, all six of them numbers do come out, that means the tables are turned and uh, you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world. The table literally just, turns around. And we chase each other in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be great. Great, I can't wait. Uh, right, we give it a spin. Go for it. Okay, first out the gate, we have number 18. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Number 18. Uh, the question is, have you or do you ever consider emigrating? Um, currently, no. But in the past, yes. I have, yeah, I have done before. Right. 
Um, uh, yeah, like since I was quite, quite kind of young, and like I suppose as well, if you're an actor as well, you do kind of you do think of it um, quite a bit um, because it's a very done thing. You know what I mean? It's mm. kind of it, it, it's part of the uh, part of the package, really, isn't it? Mm. Where um, like is it always London or like have you ever looked? Um, London for the most part like I really uh, yeah I flirted with it quite heavily there for a while um, and then I didn't and now like the whole with the whole Brexit thing as well it just seems like I don't know if it's a good I don't know if I want to go over there right now yeah don't know if it's a good idea yeah it looks a bit tense yeah not into that uh, Dublin's lovely I'll just stay here um, London a bit yeah 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 uh, not really no not really uh, like stateside or anything like that I never really considered it like, that'd be a nice holiday but what was the thing that did like made you not go back when you were like? How long ago was it that you were thinking about it seriously? Oh, it's it's been like a couple of times, like a, a, like a lot in my early twenties. Um, in the last couple of years, then kind of again, a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of kind of phased out of it now again. Do you think that like does is it a thing of that like uh, like the older you get, you feel like the less like ah fuck it, I don't want to go. Like <laughs> yeah, you have more shit here. Um, that's it. That's going. That is part of it as well. Like I mean, a lot of it is 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 career career wise because you know you want to establish a career, and I think being an actor as well, I think like it does help to go away for a while. You know, um, you know you got kind of like a it's a bit of a rotating circuit, and it's kind of it's if you can, it's good to go someplace and kind of freshen yourself up a little bit, mm. um, do something else for a bit, and then come back. Um, but um, yeah, like I, I at this stage, no, I just wouldn't be. Like maybe again, you mm. know, mm. Uh, like there's no mad reason, mad reason not to. But I think if you're in a place and you're, you know, you're you're with your friends or you're with your family and you're kind of settled in it, you like your life. There's, yeah, there's no real mad point to do it for it's, the sake of it. Like, no, totally. It, it's interesting as a writer as well because like your voice to me as a writer like feels like quite Irish, as do like so many like even writers who have gone away like. Uh, James like, Joyce, like like good old <laughs> Joycey, uh, but even do you know like even boys like uh, McPherson or like yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. Row or even like Marina Carey had like worked on wherever the fuck, but they always still write in that like Irish. Yeah, could, yeah, could you yeah. see yourself writing stuff like have you ever written something for like English voices or American voices? No, I actually really haven't. Um, like like I have a little bit in terms of like. Uh, like when you're doing like a youth theatre plays and stuff like that right? Um, and you're writing like I don't know Sherlock Holmes or Robin Hood or something like that and you kind of have a bit of crack with that yeah. but no not in terms of my own work I haven't done haven't done that at all be an interesting challenge actually I'd like yeah. to give it a go I, like, I always think that even like uh, like McPherson had this BBC series out and it was gas because like he still said it in like Dublin do you know what I mean it was like I, it was yeah. fucking great but it's just it's it's cool that like that's still the voice that like he wants to write in. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. But also, like, part of that too is that, like, I mean, th- those are all Irish writers and quite authentically Irish writers and it's quite novel. It's like, I don't want to be going over there and trying to write, like, really, you know, uh, really uh, fantastic English plays when there's, like, so many amazing English playwrights and writers who, who you know, write what they know and write their little corner of that country or whatever. Yeah. Um and there is like I know it's a it, it's a bit warm but there is a bit of a strength in writing about what you know and I think th- that's the kind of thing that filters into your voice and subsequently it can seem quite novel. Mm. You know, because no one's really going to write <coughs> with your perspective or maybe f- you know from uh where you are. What what when people say like when you hear that phrase like write what you know, what do you think? Are you like yes or do you f- find that limiting? Um no, like it's limiting if you let it be. If you if you if 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 you just kind of strap yourself to that, yeah, of course it's going to be limiting. But mm. I think like there is a joy in it. I remember like the stuff that I I really responded to when I 
kind of when I first got into like writing plays, I first got interested in writing plays really, um, and I didn't have a breeze about it. And I went to college, and then like I was like Marina Carr kind of blew the head off me because I hadn't really seen that before, and that was like really, I kind of felt like it was the first time I was reading something that was um, in my world of. In my world of miserable <laughs> bog horror, no, um, <laughs> like no, but like it, it was, you know, it was Midlands, and I had that voice, and then obviously it was those elements. It was very kind of like, I keep saying like bog gothic, but like, um, and and using Greek tragedy and stuff like that. And I was like, Jesus, you can kind of take your corner of the world, your your own town, and weird shit that you've heard there, and you can kind of mix it in with some really interesting stuff, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what she did, and just to see someone else doing that. And then obviously, then you was looking at McDonough doing that when he's like basically taking sing and kind of mashing up with like fucking Tarantino and stuff and mm. then obviously his own voice and his own perspective but yeah it is all I've seen that you, Irish writers kind of do that they take their own um, corner of the country or their own world or their own experiences and they filter it through uh, different styles and genres and stuff like that and of course Dan McPherson and Mark Rowan those kind of guys so that was the first stuff I was kind of exposed to and it's quite like yeah, that was really like liberating. Mm. I can steal loads of shit. This is deadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just mix it together. What, what, what about, what about then? When we were talking about England, it was making me think about, you know, World Cups on right now, right? And England are playing. Uh, yeah. Like, and you'd follow football a bit. Like, where do you stand on like supporting versus begrudging England? I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I looked at, I've seen it like two or three times over the past two weeks or so, because there's this Bobby Robson documentary out, and I don't know if you've seen that video. Um, and I remember it like watching it as a fucking kid as well. Um, watching that penalty shootout, and I felt so bad for them as a child, because I really, lo- I liked the characters on the team. I mm. loved like Shilton and I loved Gascoigne and Beardsley. But there's this lovely video going around at the moment. Um, about, it's Bobby Robson consoling Gaza uh, after they've gone out. And it's lovely, and it's 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 it, like it's the complete antithesis of what we like kind of think of the English national team. Because like when people have a go at the English national team, like particularly Irish people, we're not having a go at like English people. We're not having a go at our mates. Like we're having a go at this weird mentality that's kind of created by their horrible tabloid papers. Mm. Um, this idea that they always lose the run of themselves. They get too cocky too quick, and they need to be taken out in a couple of pegs. And like we do, kind of have that a little bit. But um, I, I, I like I'd be kind of happy if they did well. Like I think they're a, like they're a good team. It mm. doesn't. It's not like some of the teams maybe the past or the managers of the past. Like they seem like nice lads. Yeah, they've just got shit press. That's it. Like it's like yeah, let them off. It's unbelievable that, but it's like like as you're saying, it is that like it, it it is the press and then that minority of the supporters that like will go along with that and buy into that for real. But it's like they enjoy that more than the actual sport. Like they like the sport for them is believing that yeah. hype. Like because even we were like and I was coming out of uh, work last night and the, <laughs> there was a few English fans in the street and they were just giving it all the footballs coming home and stuff. And it was it was a bit gas. Like they were being a bit <laughs> gas. Do you know what I mean? But like at the same time, like. I fucking hope you lose. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's that thing. But like, I it was so funny though watching England the other day because I like a big Spurs supporter and like nearly half the England team's made up of Spurs players. So you yeah. find yourself being up for like Harry Kane and Danny Rose and Kieran Trippier and Eric Dyer yeah. and Deli Alley and they're they're sticking away penalties and like you're kind of like, well, this is kind of great. Like you're pure hypocritical if you don't acknowledge that. Like as you were saying earlier, like I like those characters. Like they. I, yeah, oh, I, I I I loved them. Like, and it wasn't really till I got into my teens, like as you do in your teens, and then I was like, oh no, not the English. Yeah, you know. But you're, you're you've grown up watching Premier League, and you've been watching the teams in the World Cup, and you've been 
like filling your panini sticker albums and stuff like that and you don't as a child in, like been introduced to football you don't really have that like and what what about like because I was thinking about this recently and I'm thinking back to when you wrote the Hellfire Squad say right yeah like I, I remember during all the 1916 stuff I remember asking like my dad like was like what what was like the morning like stance on like the rise because like, they're a Dublin family and like they would have been you know in Dublin yeah. like at that time like you know two kilometers they grew up in like you know Crumlin so like three kilometers probably from the fucking spire I don't know do you know what I mean like yeah. really close in proximity to us like where where were the mornings were they like out fucking in the GPO or were they like having tea and biscuits and like I have a feeling my family just like aren't like they don't have that Republican bone in their body yeah, yeah. Do you know like they would be like when push came to shove but like they wouldn't be out fucking throwing bricks do you know what that's I mean it, yeah yeah like, I, I think everybody would like to think there was something like mad and I suppose that's kind of what the play was um effectively trying to do as well but like yeah it's it, it really isn't the case that everybody was out um you know, flagging um, their their noble cause and doing their bit. Not everybody, a lot of people were sitting down and they're having their sandwiches, yeah. having a couple of tea buns and looking at them and like, look what the fuck they're doing over there in the GPO. Yeah. Like, they're wrecking the guy. They're <laughs> <laughs> just watching it, like drinking their tea. Yeah. Happy out. <laughs> it's bonkers. It's Not bonkers. doing a thing. <laughs> right, we give another spin. Go first. Okay, here we go. All right, number 13. Oh, you stupid bastard. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I've ruined it on myself now. I've done, that, I've that, done it. That's what you get for... Yeah, uh, I don't. It's twelve any good to you, Tom? <laughs> it's not. I can't take. I can't a take it back now. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? And if so, where do you fit in the the order of things? That's a that's a surprisingly like kind of positive question for thirteen, isn't it? Yeah, I well, thought it would have been something really like grim. Do you have brothers and sisters? <laughs> and which one do you want to murder? <laughs> which one do you want to murder? Yeah, well, you can answer that if you want. No, I don't. I want. I want that. No, no. Um, I know both of them. <laughs> um, I do, yeah. I've got a brother and I've got a sister, and I am the oldest. Are you? I am, yeah. What, 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 what like, um, you know, what, like, what do you think? Do you think that has an effect on your psyche and the way you grow up in the world? <laughs> um, does it? Uh, po- probably, yeah. How dare you laugh at my question? <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Um, it's like it was. You get went right in there, then like, does it have an effect on your psyche? Yeah, well, when you use the word like psyche, what's the at psychological 10 in the impact of being the eldest? I don't know. Maybe you're um. Uh, I don't, I actually, I, I don't know what, it, apart from being like, you're, you're a little bit more safeguarded in that, like, you know, by the time they get to the, la- the, the, the last kids to kind of tend to be a little bit looser, like, mm. so you're the one who kind of bears the brunt of, um, you know, whatever, uh, uh, whatever the rules of the house are, you're kind of the one who's, they're enforced on the hardest. Yeah. You know, but that kind of crack, but that's really about it, like, there wasn't really any other... Uh, apart from Gino, you're 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 always the lookout in chief. Like, yeah. Do you feel? Do you like? Do you feel a pressure to be the one that like? I don't know how close you would be to brother and sister, but like, do you feel a pressure that it, it's your job to like spearhead the communication because you're the um, oldest? Not really. No, a little bit. I think like no, my sister's really good at that as well. Like she's the youngest, and there's about like there's about ten years between us. Um, but she's great at that. Like, um, and like we're all pretty close, so. No, there's not really an onus. Mm. We kind of do stuff together. If we need to organise stuff, we'll just kind of, we'll all just row in and just do it. Yeah. It's pretty good like that, yeah. It's good. Do 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 they all live in, like, do you, like what's your relationship to, because you're from Kilkenny. Yeah. What's your relationship to home now? Like, do you love going back? How often do you go back? Um, I don't go back as often as I used to. Um, i definitely be back about once a month. I love going back. Um, It's kind of like, it, yeah, like uh, it feels like a little bit more novel to me now as well because it's you know if you're not around the place for a while and all these uh, you know these changes are happening it's, when you go back you're like Jesus that's changing that's changing that's changing and I've kind of um, 
yeah, it's 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 interesting to see that. Like, and I can definitely see that that more when I go back there. Um, yeah, I love going back there. Mm. Um, I'd still work there from time to time. Um, I like going down. I mean, I, I like it used to do a lot more. Used to do a lot more stuff there, but not so much anymore. But it's, like, it's a great place. Like, it's 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 a, it's a lovely town to be um to be visiting and to be working in and to be living in. Like, mm-hmm. what's the? I we were chatting earlier about uh, our friend Stephen Colfer and mentioned. I, in his episode, I believe I was asking him about like just Kilkenny because I just I have like like I have a, like all ye who be like friends of mine who all come from Kilkenny right and are all making fucking really cool things and are all just real firstly sound people and making really cool stuff. What, what what's your perspective on it? Because it, it is a like the the numbers don't add up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's too yeah. many of you. Like I don't. I act, like. Well, I do. I do know, but I don't know what it's actually like from perspective. Because we just kind of like we just did it. So like. There's a bunch of it's it's and again like that kind of side to come back to your question about London and stuff like that like like so many of my mates and so many people that I grew up uh, working with and making stuff with like you know so many of us live in Dublin as well and I I love that like I love that uh, I love I love being part of a community of people um, that you can kind of rely on and that you can get very excited about doing stuff with and we would have done a similar thing I suppose in Kilkenny because we all start like we were all in new theatre together effectively mm. that's how we all met so we were making plays since we were like teenagers um, and, and it just turned out that then there was, a, there was a massive a massive amount of us out of that that kept doing it like you know like myself and like yeah Stephen Colfer and John Doran and Amy Dawn and Eddie Murphy and uh there was a fucking rake of us that were just kind of doing stuff and still and still do. We just had a really healthy youth theatre environment and there was a there was a cool little um, youth film production company called Young Irish Filmmakers, um, and that's where we would we would have been making films. We'd have done that stuff like Pete McGann. That's where we would have met him, mm. um, who's um, like an honorary Kilkenny man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that, a lot of us would have just been working together. So it was this little kind of like petri dish where we just. Um, uh, just made a load of stuff over a bunch of years and then just didn't know any better. Mm. Yeah, a lot to be you said know. for that. Yeah, there is, like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, everybody then went through college and then we're like, you know, uh, when we started off kind of working in theatre, um, doing a lot of stuff together, which we still do, and, um, you know, like making films and all that kind of crack, yeah. Mm. And, and in terms of then, like, I was interested what you're saying about just liking having that community because I, I very much have that too. Like, I like that feeling uh like i like that feeling like of when you know you go to see a play and you, you know i might see you there do you know what i mean and that's like that's nice yeah. do you know what i mean like that's a good that's a good thing how how important is that for you in like your creative work is like i i guess maybe what i'm asking is how much of an effect do the people around you have on your work and then just your general enjoyment of life I suppose are you in the, it's funny I was chatting to someone recently and we, we were talking about uh, you know that phrase like uh, of like well you, 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 you like no one else can make you happy like you have to find that like within yourself or whatever oh, do, you, right, yeah, do yeah. you know what I mean and, and like I was kind of uh, 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 I don't know like it, <laughs> I want to decide to be happy yeah, like, can, I, can I do that yeah like I'll decide like, alright fine but if I'm around a lot of pricks like that really affects me like I, I really like I'm one of these people if I'm around people who are just a oh, bit yeah. negative or something like how to turn that on isn't it like oh I'm surrounded by a lot of pricks now. Oh, fuck it I'm just going to try to be happy see what happens do you know what I mean like it's that thing this of going well like yeah <laughs> well exactly so what like how because that, that's like looking at that group from like you know like semi outside of it like they're all lovely very positive like people how important like is that and how like much of a conscious choice is that or is that just kind of how it evolved 
Uh, it's going ahead and followed. Like, uh, yeah, I'd love to pinpoint times where we were all miserable. Probably were, like. Yeah. Um, but no, generally it's been quite, like, like the fact of the matter, it, like, with that, I think, is that, like, if you're in a town, like, if you're in a small town like Kilkenny, which doesn't have really, um, it's got a really good art tradition, it's got a nice theatre tradition, doesn't have a, a massive tradition of, like, turning out actors. Um, or like say playwrights or screenwriters stuff like that there's not a huge tradition of that mm. and then all of a sudden you've got this one like little cluster of young people who are doing all that and like in the, in that town going yeah actually you know we got fucking we got notions about ourselves now we're going to go and be professional actors and professional writers I'm going to fucking make films I'm going to do this and we're going to do that um, like y- y- you really got to be positive about doing that you know what I mean you can't approach that negatively like because it's just it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing and I think from from, like it's different in Dublin because everybody will just take for granted that's what people do but in smaller towns you know it's it's not a done thing an awful lot so like we have to have a certain degree of like bolshiness and cockiness about like yeah no, we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna give this a go um, Do you think that if you um, didn't weren't in Kilkenny and weren't around a community of people that kind of had those same like notions to use your own word like do you think that you would have like found that somewhere else or do you think that not having that would have been enough for you to have been like, oh, fuck it, this isn't a thing people do. Uh, po- yeah, you know, that, that could possibly be the case. Like, it could have been. Because I, di- I, didn't, I, did, I didn't know anyone, really, like, who had kind of done that stuff. And even in Young Irish Filmmakers, there was a couple of guys, like, there was a couple of older guys that were doing stuff, but, like, they were all, like, that was Cartoon Saloon. They were all, like, moving into animation. But I was, I was like, you know, thinking, they're getting careers doing that now. And they're like, okay, that's, maybe that's possible. Acting and writing, no, I didn't have a, didn't have a breeze. But then, yeah, slowly but surely, then you've just got, there was just a load of us. Um, and it was go crack. And everybody's kind of, everybody enjoys each other's company. Um, and then you find them, then realize, okay, this is the thing. Because you, know, you don't really get it in school. Like, I was in a CBS and it's just like, in terms of the art stuff, like, if you can't... So, in terms of performance, there was no plays. So, if you couldn't sing or dance, um, <laughs> neither of which I could do, uh, you're fucked. Yeah. You, like, there's, no, there's nothing else to do. And if you can't play hurling, which I also can't do, you're fucked. I was like, okay, there's not really... You're just being a, a smart arse. Yeah. So, it was lovely, actually, then, to find, like, oh, here's a bunch of people who were just, like, fucking doing plays and making up funny sketches and doing stupid things. And that's lovely. It's really heartening. And do you have any desire, could you see yourself, like, down the line ever moving back to Kilkenny? Or do you think you're here now, like, you live in oh, Dublin? Oh, I, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. I could be anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I actually don't even have a notion of it. I don't even know of where I'd like to be. You really? know what I mean? No, I don't. I really don't. Um, like, do you, th- do you uh, like, country living versus city life? At city. Yeah. I'm not mad. Like when when I say country now, like when like if you're talking about Kilkenny, I'd be like, that's a town. Like, right? I wouldn't be talking about you know been out fucking ten miles out the road and that. I'd be thinking about being right in the right in the city. So like that would be different. Like rural life would be that. I wouldn't be mad on that now. I don't think mm. I'd. You don't live in I, Marina Car Play. I don't. Or do I? No, I definitely <laughs> don't. Yeah. 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 All right. Sweet. Right. We'll, <laughs> we'll give another spin. <laughs> now that we've established that. Uh, okay, here we go. Number six. Do you have it? No, I don't. All right, no worries. Number six. The question is, uh, if you couldn't do what you're doing right now, uh, I suppose in terms of the acting and the writing, what would you be doing? Um, what would I be doing? Uh, I, to be honest, I'd probably be doing this, but like to, uh, be, like to properly answer your question, I would have picked something like. I have these conversations with a mate of mine recently. We keep having them a lot, and he's kind of real sad about them because like. You know, he's in like in his early thirties, and he's kind of going like, "I actually like I could have been a wrestler. I definitely could have done it." And I'm kind of like, "You actually probably could have," because uh, there's this really healthy like wrestling scene in Ireland and in the UK as well. And um, 
that would have been great crack, but you never really think about it because you're like, oh, like you have to be really tough. And then you're like, no, you don't. You just got to be like good at performing and keep yourself in decent shape. Um, so that would have been good crack. I used to kind of like, I used to harbor notions that like being a journalist would be kind of good crack. Mm. I remember being young, but like I was into Tintin. So I was like, this is this would be deadly now. I'm going to bust around with my little hound and um, <laughs> going to get mad scrapes all together. Uh, ask people real tough questions. Um, get chased around. Um, you know, fucking hijack planes. Go on mad adventures. Um, so there was that for a little bit. And, and nah, that was about it. Have you ever written an article? Have I ri- I've done articles for like... Yeah, for like yeah, magazines. Yeah, I've done a couple of things. If you were to write, if like, if I was like, right, I'm gonna give you like a grand, right? Go off and write about. Like, I don't, I don't care. Write about anything. Yeah, I just want a John Morton article. What, what, what? Like, what's the be in your bonnet now, or like, what's the thing that you'd probably anything on on the mind? Um, what is on my mind at the moment? Um, I don't know, Tom. I've been giving a lot of headspace over to the World Cup. I won't lie to you. So I wouldn't <laughs> mind hearing. I was. Funny. I could do the World Cup. Yeah. Um. That yeah. could be good. Yeah, 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 maybe something about that. But like then there's a lot of really good articles been written about the World Cup. So I don't know. I need to kind of search it out and find something that like I would have, like something that is a unique perspective on something or something that um, I'm positing all this stuff now and I'm not, I'm not going to come in and land with anything really good. No, who, who do you, you want to make a bold prediction of who's going to win the World Cup? England. I think they've got a shot. Yeah, I don't mm. think you're wrong. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see my boy Harry Kane lift the World Cup. Ah, yeah, that'd be good crack. I, like I... I would in, in situations like this, it's kind of like France ninety eight uh, uh, again. Like I wouldn't rule out like Russia. Mm. I'd actually hate to see them fucking win. Like I'd Me hate too. to see Putin up there, like yeah, lifting the World Cup. He probably would. He probably lift it. Like, that's <laughs> he the would. thing. Yeah, he definitely would. Like they win, and then they're like, "Are he was going up?" And like some lad from FIFA's like, "Well, obviously the captain, captain go up, lift the World Cup." Putin's like, "Out of fucking way, <laughs> up he goes, lifts it." <laughs> I can see it now. Yeah, that's it. Like one big homecoming parade just for him. Yeah, like the third goalkeeper loses out in his medal because Putin needs one. That's like. it. Like he, like he goes up, he goes up, he like pushes the team out of the way. He gets the World Cup, he lifts it up, and then immediately the iron curtain falls behind him, and everyone else is trapped inside. Fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! This was a play all along. So that's what's going to happen. I'd say. Yeah, more than likely. I love it. I love it. All right. Okay. Let's give it another spin. All right. Here we go. Number eleven. I don't fucking twelve. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> that that twelve is going to come back to haunt uh, you. Myself in mischief there. Um, <laughs> Number eleven. Question is: Do you have a role model? Do I have a role model? Um, no, not really. Like you, um, not particularly. Like, don't have like you know some old sage that I go for walks <laughs> down the river with. Unfortunately, I'd love that. Um, I don't know. Um, there are people that I like. I look to in terms of like career stuff that I like. You know, would admire. Um, I think you have a tendency to look at people who do things like who do the things that you do mm. or do the things you want to do and you look at them and you kind of go, well, okay, they're doing that and they're doing that and that's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, um, it's like a little beacon for you, you know. Mm. Um, but that's about it. No, I don't I don't really. It'd just be a very wide range of inspirations. There's not one person I look to. I think you kind of cherry pick a little from a lot of people that you admire. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of like, uh, are there people who you haven't got to work with yet that you like have a li- like not I'm not saying an actual list but you're like oh fuck I'd love to like whether it be write something with them or get a chance to to do something with them whatever it might be um yeah like all there is like like do, do you mean like in a in a tangible like possible way not necessarily no go for it like Steven Spielberg yeah <laughs> it's like come on would you would would you would you like to write them movies would you like to oh, write I'd love I'd love to have a shot yeah, yeah yeah I'd love to do that if someone was like right we need a hundred million movie like yeah, movie. Like, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll write that yeah yeah 
Yeah. I, 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 yeah, just like, it's like anything with writing, like, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to give so many things a shot. It's probably not mad conducive to like a consistent career, but like, I don't know, like, fuck that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, like there's so many different types of things that if you got a chance to do it, like in terms of scale, yeah. to try it out. It's like being an actor as well, you know what I mean? It's like kind of going, I'd actually love to do a one-man thing because that's like, that's like running a marathon. Mm. And also like simultaneously, like, you know, I want to do a play where I play like 40 characters in a night. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you? Like, I'm sure you're the same. You have a little box of things that you'd love to try out just for the practice. Can I do that? Am I able to do that? Yeah. Just give it a lash. Yeah, big time. I mean, it's really interesting, like, in terms of, like, do you where in terms of writing? I, I'm I'm because it was funny that what you were saying earlier about that question because it was like because uh, you were very, you were like you were so kind to me when I because I asked you for uh-huh. like a reader you no you were so kind like I'm putting on the record now so I go there's fuck a yourself. joint table between us and it's totally <laughs> prohibiting any hug yeah I'll give you a verbal hug <laughs> is that the noise you make it is yeah oh, I don't want to hug you now oh come on um but you but you were you were very very kind because I sent you like a script for luck and you sent I couldn't believe the notes and like you sent back and and how quickly and it was so kind do you have someone like who you who does that for you no that's that's the yeah this sounds terrible like no there are like there are, there are there are mates but like if you mean in terms of like um someone who's a bit further along I actually never had that right I didn't really because even with like so why were you so sound with me um I well actually it's probably the same reason to be honest uh Tom as well because like even with like you teeter and stuff and then like I, I in terms of my mates as well like I was the I was the first one who went into like DIT. Um, you know, like same course that you did, and like a lot of lads did that too. Um, and I like I, I, it's almost like it, it comes back. Maybe this is more in, in line with the like the, the the siblings question as well. When you're the first one, like I think you do have a duty to like the people who are kind of coming after you, or your mates, or people who are doing something similar. Like it's so handy to have someone been like, come here. Here's a couple of like pitfalls. Here's a couple of things that I learned. Here's a couple of um. A piece of advice that may be useful. You've kind of got a duty to do that. Like mm. it's sound practice. I just did. I didn't know anyone. Like um, I didn't really like. I suppose when I was acting, I remember because I'm really good mates with Gus McDonough. Um, Gus isn't like much older than me, but Gus was with, like he was way more seasoned. Right. You know what I mean. And Gus knew his way around. So even when I moved to Dublin, I'm like, what's the fucking crack? Like, um, how do you get jobs? And then you know he, you know, you get pointers and you have a conversation, and it's really useful. Gus was great for that, and I've got like I do have a couple of older mates that w- would be kind of like that, but certainly like starting off and going through a lot of my twenties, no, I didn't. So that's why I feel like it's it's important to do that. And maybe I could have asked a little bit more. Actually, I could have sussed people out. Um, but I think if you if I think if if you can, and like like you're great at asking for it as well, though. Like I mean, yeah, you have to be good at asking for it. Yeah. Um, and I, ju- I just think it's an important thing to do, and I think it, like yeah, it's a don- it's should be a bit of a daunting to do as well. I mean, you can't do it for everybody, but like certainly with mates, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a it's a precarious old career, you know. It's tricky enough, like yeah. So it's good to get perspectives and use them to formulate, you know, your own opinions and kind of make your own little path for yourself. Totally, we were trying to <laughs> trying to get this thing going in a in like. In casts, I mean, because I was chatting to one of my, like, good friends in a cast recently, uh, a different show I was doing, but we were chatting, and we were just chatting about, like, the money we were getting, like, just, oh, just yeah. uh, like, uh, and we were, like, we were, we were both getting really different levels of money, and there was absolutely no reason why we should have been, and it was just that thing of, like, but, but like, one of us didn't know, do you know what I mean, the, yeah. what the other one was getting, and it was, like, it was just, like, it, it's that thing of, there, there's certain things that if you if you don't know you kind of don't know what the standard is. Do you know what I mean? You really don't. Like, and it, it 
to just if you can have that level of transparency like within your own community, I think it just strengthens you. Oh, it does because like everybody like that's the thing like across the board, everybody's got like really shit horror stories about starting off doing acting gigs or like, even as a writer like whatever it is, and like everyone's got this litany of like fucking horror stories from the first couple of years working on really dodgy jobs or like you know stuff going horribly wrong. Um, and I always find like people love those stories. Mm. People love telling each other those stories, um, and, and cautionary tales each and every every one of them. But it, this industry does lend itself to that. There's a lot of shit jobs, and you kind of you kind of do a lot of shit jobs when you're starting out. Um, and it, it's really useful at that point to try and like find out as much as you possibly can, yeah. so you can avoid as much of that as possible. Yeah, big time. Like some of it's good. Like I mean, it puts hairs in your chest, and you kind of need to do it. Like, but yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like you, you always hear like people who like are that little bit more established. And they're, like they're always kind of like will say that they're like, oh, you'll you, like those. Like you, you, you love your like battle scars. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Once you're beyond them, you know what I mean. But like, you could be in the fucking thick of some terrible TIE tour, and that's the thing. Yeah, you know, you know, like, know what I mean? Like, of Longford, and you're like, fuck that's me. it. Yeah, you're stuck in the stuck in the back of a van, like in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And it is useful because, like, not everybody's going to be coming out of college and going into the, you know, going into the abbey or the gate. Yeah. I mean, some people do, but like, not everybody is. Yeah. Um. So, and it is a, it's a precarious path, and there's no defined career ladder for anybody. So, yeah. like, everybody's scrambling around. So it's just like, you know, it's not just handy having, uh, uh like, particularly if you've got a good, like, you know, good community and a, a good bunch of mates as well. Yeah, it's 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 really important. Um. Do you do you find yourself like are you do you, are you a jealous person in that way of if you see people like that thing of like because there absolutely are people who do yeah. like, go straight into those jobs that like I'm sure on some level like I'd love to work in the Abbey at some point I would yeah yeah like do you find oh, yeah, me too yeah do you find yourself getting jealous of that when you see like that happening around you um no not really no not really um I I don't I'm generally I'm generally quite like I'm quite happy for people particularly like you know when you see like talented hard working people getting good opportunities um, there was one show I remember like it was about 10 years ago in Abbey and I was like fucking raging about it um, and that was the closest I ever I ever got to like that kind of mm. raging in what way in terms of oh it was oh basically it was like it, it was a it was a, it was a Thomas Kilroy play and um, so like I'd been I'd been out of college and acting for a couple of years at that point but they were casting like a ton of parts that were all in my age range that were like dudes from Kilkenny and I remember like and I was trying to get an audition for ages couldn't get it and then I got a call from got a call to do to, to record the lines as an accent guide and I'm just like can I just get in and fucking have a rat lad just give me a shot like I'm, I'm from the place I'm in the age range I can do this uh, and, and I couldn't and I didn't um, and that was that really annoyed me at the time um, so I think if you if, if there, like if there's something like if there's a part where you think like oh I definitely should get seen for that or I definitely should have a shot at that you, it can kind of rankle with you a little bit but outside of that no like I wouldn't I wouldn't at all I just love it I, I love seeing tons of people working and getting good gigs and and you know to be honest for the most part like you know uh, people deserve it you know yeah it's very rare when you're just like how the fuck did that happen yeah to- yeah. I know I, I totally agree. How did that person escape onto the stage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. But how much of that then do you think comes down to the fact that you are also, uh, uh, like, you also have the facility to make your own work? Do you know what I mean? Whereas some actors that's, don't. That's because ca- of that, yeah. 
I yeah. think so too because <laughs> I, I feel really similarly to you like as in like yeah there's definitely things like oh fuck I'd love to do that but it's never like I, I never I, and I really hand on heart can say this if there's a part of me that begrudges anyone for something it's a, it's like 2% do you know what I mean? it's and re- does it last like would you would you have that moment and would you carry it for a while or would you just be like alright I had it there I acknowledge it it's I don't even done. know if I have it I, I really don't like I, I, I think I do in the sense that like I'm aware I, I, I have it to the extent where I'm aware that I don't really have it does that make sense I get you yeah I'm yeah. kind of like I know that that feeling because sometimes yeah but I, I, re- I, I really don't have it either because I can think of like there's there's, I'm sure we all have that thing where, like, you know who are similar to you, do you know what I mean, in terms of, like, in terms of, like, parts and stuff. Like, for example, like, I, we, we chat about it on this podcast, like, um, Paul Mescal's a really good friend of mine, mm. and Paul's just skyrocketed, and do you know why? Because he's fucking brilliant, and he's a lovely guy, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I, like, while on some level you're kind of like, yeah, I could be doing some of the parts that Paul's doing in theory just in my own yeah, way, yeah, and Paul yeah. will do them in his own way, but I don't, I honestly don't have that, like, thing where... Where I, I'm kind of like, I, well, I, I wish Paul would like fuck off now to London so I can work it. I don't have yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, somebody moves and they create a space for you kind of avoid. I just don't think it works I, like I that. I don't think it, it doesn't work it like doesn't that. It doesn't work you know like what that. I mean? it, that's overly simplistic. That's the thing. And it's like, it's a complete, it's a confluence of circumstances. And that's why like, I certainly wouldn't, I, I, I'm sure there's a ton of them, but like I couldn't look at any actors and be like, oh, that's kind of like, they do the thing that I do. Because I think like everybody kind of does different things. And you do find as well, actually, like, you know, that... Um, it, it, it's a confidence of circumstances. It's the exact, it's, you know, the rest, it's the rest of the cast. It's the timing. It's the time of the year. It's people's availability. It's, it's a fucking, you know, a bunch of shit that really goes into those decisions. So yeah. You can't really, Jesus, you're not if you're personalizing that. Like, you really can't. No, you can't. But I think, but I, I don't know how my friends, I've said this before, like on, on this, I don't know how my friends who don't write maintain their, like, actual like um, in all seriousness like mental health as a creative person because that lack of like control over my own creative fulfillment it that's what would terrify me yeah it, yeah there is that but you know what's mad Tom I was kind of thinking about this recently as well it's like I was kind of thinking about like a, a lot of my mates and a lot of people I've worked with and like I mean, even if you were to like go through like past episodes of this podcast even right. like so many of the people that we work with and surround ourselves with are they, they do a couple of things. Yes. Like, it, it is actually quite rare to look at some people and just be like, there is an actor, full stop. Yeah. Like, the the, the majority actually are people who are who are slogging, slogging away and kind of like making their own stuff and, do, you know, working in a couple of different um, areas. But uh, I think that's, that's... actually, that seems to be like, that's the majority. Yeah. I, I, I know it didn't used to be like that, but yeah. it certainly is now. I agree, but I also think that that's... I think that that's specific to maybe more our like community and friend group necessarily than like if you look at I know this isn't this isn't perfect science in this but if you look at like let's just use like drama schools coming out right yeah. I would say that like as in uh, and again I'm speaking very broadly this is this is really broad strokes so like forgive me but like people coming out of DIT generally do like a lot of things the people who do come yeah, out and like yeah, yeah. stick around I think I could be wrong about that but yeah. uh, and then like people coming out of the gate I think is more like like 50-50 I feel like some of them are just like are just actors and then some of them like they have that amazing manifesto yo where they go and make their own stuff I think yeah, that's great sure, yeah, yeah. and then you see people coming out of the leer and they might be more the examples of people who are getting going straight oh, yeah, into the yeah. gate and working really Maybe, yeah. quickly it's interesting but like I totally see what you're saying like because a lot of like and I don't think that's a coincidence that a lot of people that I have on the podcast are 
do a load of things because I'm really interested in that. I find that fascinating. Like, yeah. Probably because I do it. Do you know what I mean? But that stuff might, might change. About, like, I don't, like, I, I didn't come out of college, and well, I don't know about you, I can't speak for yourself, but I didn't come out of college going, I'm going to be a, like, writer, performer. You're going out going like, oh yeah, I'm going to be going to be an actor. And then you get to, you maybe get to a certain point as an actor after a couple of years where you're like, oh shit, like there's, uh, yeah, there's not much happening here. I need to, maybe I need to write something. For that's what it was for you. That's, oh yeah, yeah, it was. But like, oh. that's how, that's how it seems to be for, for, for most people. Uh, and particularly over the past 10 years, like for uh, myriad reasons, um, the, the culture of, t- of theatre has been um, like people making their own work. There's been a ton of it, like. Um, so it's definitely it definitely fed into that, but I think it always. I mean, maybe there are people who, and I'm sure there are people who are like, I'm going to do the two things. But uh, sometimes it's not a conscious deci- decision. You're just kind of going, I kind of have to do this out of necessity. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, no one's giving me a gig. I just got to try and make a gig here. But that's, I, sp- I suppose to round it off, that's what I'm saying is that I find I find it. I have a few friends, for example, who are like in that position of like, I love a fucking gig, and no one's giving me a gig. Yeah. But they also just don't have that graph for writing, or maybe, or they don't have the. I'm not. I would never say they don't have the ability because I think like anyone can probably, you know, yeah. write something. I I don't know. Is that true? There's definitely like a talent to it, but. Oh yeah, I think there is. Yeah. Th- yeah. But but well, like, like, well, like no, I th- I think I think it's I think it's way more uh, it's way more kind of democratic than people think it is. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it it's, sounds very heady to write a play. Oh, it sounds mad heady. Yeah. But like when you actually do it, um. I do. I always like. I. I like. I have so many moments of like secretly. I have to have like me who've written plays for the first time or tried their hand at writing a play and be like, "This is fucking great crack. This is actually really kind of handy." Like, and you're like, "Yeah, no, it is. It is." I mean, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, like, it is hard to write good plays. Yeah. But I mean, the the process of 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 creating. I think if you're a vaguely creative person and you're halfway there, I think has been an actor anyway. Mm-hmm. You're used to being in a room and making something out of. Stuff that's in the eater. Yeah. So it's just a it's just a little step beyond that again. Yeah. To actually maybe write down a couple of ideas for things and then start to flesh them out. Um. So I think it's a lot more. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it lends itself to, um, to that, and it's a lot easier to that to do that than you probably think it is. Do you find being uh, an actor who writes and a writer who acts that you uh. Where do you stand on like writing for yourself versus like when not to do that? When to just write a play? Oh, I'm in, I'm in that now. Like I've not actually executed that, but like definitely after like the last after the last bit. So I've written I've written like five, um, and then I did a, like a, I did a co-write. We seven Peter McGann did the Hellfire Squad. Yeah. Um, and I'm in I'm in everything, and I'm definitely and I definitely got to a point there like about two years ago where I was like, and particularly was at a point where like my 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 writing career had more traction than my acting career right and I kind of had to go like you know what you need to fucking unhitch the trailer now uh, a little bit and just like let let the acting thing be itself yeah and then let the writing thing be itself and not let the two things impinge on each other um what's for, that been like has that been liberating? yeah it's, been, it's actually been cool yeah it's actually it's been really nice it has been really nice um and I, d- I definitely needed to do I, particularly just after like I, I did five plays where I just acted in them and I'm like actually in terms of just progressing as a playwright it'll be useful now to um, uh, write a couple of things mm. and like just let other people offer them mm-hmm. um, I've come and particularly a lot of it was just like coming off the stabilizers as well like I was in a position where I was working uh, working with nice people and it was like you know there's opportunities to do stuff um, and because when you are starting out you can be, you be, like that's the thing you can be you're doing your own stuff because you don't trust not that you don't trust other people to make it but you're you, you know you maybe haven't established a lot of creative relationships or something. So there's certain areas where you're like, oh, I got to do that myself. I got to do that myself, and it's fucking ridiculous. And it's actually it's so liberating to not have to do that. Like, yeah, um, if you, if you have that luxury, and like I'm sure I'll make dip back into it again. But you know, right now, no, I'm not really. 
bother kind of marrying the two. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, right, let's give it another spin. Okay, here we go. Number 52. Do you have it? I don't know. I've got 51. No, no worries. Number 52. Uh, if you could choose one person to uh, interview, who would it be? If I could choose one person to interview? Yeah. Um... Oh, that is a really that is a really interesting one. Um, Jesus, there's a lot of people I kind of love to sit down for a bit and kind mm. of. Um, it's such an obvious one, but like I really would, like, I'd love to actually just have a chat with Barack Obama. Yeah, there's so much I'd love to ask him about. Um, he'd be really interesting, and I just think he's like he's kind of personable as well. Yeah, so you'd have a really interesting, really interesting conversation there. What kind of stuff would you want to ask him about? I'd actually ask him about the most everyday stuff. Right, because see, I want to know about like either. Aliens we don't know about or shit like that. Oh, I definitely do that. I'd be like, what, what, what's the crack with JFK? Like, yeah, did you like, did you pop him? Are you worried that's going to happen to you? Yeah. Did you ever just get a get a, like a cold shiver when you're traveling in a car and there's not the roof is down <laughs> <laughs> and you're passing by a grassy knoll? <laughs> uh, I'd love to ask him stuff like that. Yeah. What uh, about the everyday stuff? Like, what's it like? Oh, just like just just hanging out. I, I I just there's something about like um. That like the office of president or something like that. I'd probably be the same with the pope. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. It's like, what do you like? <laughs> what do you do in the evening? Like, what? How? Like, what kind of dinners would you cook? Would you cook for yourself there now, or what would you? <laughs> like doing the shopping. Um, I I love trying to reconcile that st- stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, can you imagine fucking Trump like going down to Spar there to try and fucking do his late night shopping on a Sunday night because all the supermarkets are closed? Like, I'd love, I'd love to see what would happen. Yeah, it's funny. We were, uh, I was walking down um, Wicklow Street yesterday, and Jesse Eisenberg was just standing there. Yeah, you just waiting, waiting for a taxi, and then you're like, "Gas!" Like you just feel like that's not something someone like Jesse I know, yeah. Eisenberg should be doing. He was holding his baby, and it was just the two of them, and, and he was just standing there in the sun. Yeah, that's it. It's just like I, I don't, like with anyone who was like, I mean, there's a lot of actors that I love, and there's a lot of writers I love, and I'd love to interview them. But I think I would just, I mean, even now, like we've gravitated, like we talked about, like. We talk about the like, career and kind of work stuff, but Jesus, like it's you know, you just the everyday stuff is kind of I find that stuff really fascinating. Yeah, like yeah. the most mundane shit. Um, because you know, obviously we're like we live in such a celebrity culture, and um, everybody like everybody everybody's got platforms. Um, and it's just nice kind of cutting through that. Um, you know, realizing that it's actually like it's just a bunch. Like, everybody's just a bunch of normal people. Yeah, you know, there's no point getting wowed by fucking anyone. And like to maybe reconcile those two parts of what we've been talking about in terms of them being like you know an actor and a writer, but in particular a writer, I think because like acting, you kind of generally speaking need to be in the room with other people to do it. Do you know what I mean? But whereas right, yeah, where, where is, <laughs> you could act in the mirror, like <laughs> do it right now. Practice your faces, uh, but like, do you? Um, how do you reconcile that being a freelance writer, right, and then trying to also have like you know. A, a, a life and a social life and like time to just relax or go to the gym or fucking whatever the thing might be do you have like how structured are you around that and how purposely unstructured are you in terms of like giving yourself that flexibility to be like I need to fuck off now for a while um, I'm pretty I'm pretty structured like it's, it's not I wouldn't say I have the healthiest now to be honest like that's not like I'd be mad asking Barack Obama about that I'd be like mate what's your fucking What's your work-life balance like? How do you manage it? Yeah. Um, but, like, I find it fascinating. Like, I'd even talk with, like, other writers. I find that stuff fascinating. Like, process. Like, how many hours do you write a day? Like, what what way do you structure it? How do you, how do, you do that? Like, I have, a t- I have a tendency to probably, like, uh, pile on and, like, overwork. 
I can do that, and I've done I've done it before in the past. But like, it's really important to have that balance. What does overwork um, look like for you? Like, is that a- oh, like just the stupidest shit? Like, it just like just taking all a ridiculous of it. Like, I'm really bad at like saying yes to things, or, or, or at least I was. Like, I used to be really, um, and that's another thing as well. When you're like at a when you're starting off in your career as well, um, you've just got this low lying level of like 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 there's almost a low lying level of like anxiety in a way where you're kind of going fuck I need to I can't relax because I'm not do I'm not I'm not nearly doing the, the things that I want to be doing yes and I shouldn't be resting on my laurels until I get to that point yeah. and I'm going to keep working to, you know what I mean I think I'm and living like, in there now probably you probably are Tom to yeah. be honest but you're grand like, you know what I mean but, but, I, but I totally get it like I wouldn't be saying to you I was like no man grand chill actually there is like a little bit in your 20s more so there's a li- like there is a little bit more fucking time with the cold face that you got to be putting in I yeah. do find, but you need to balance that. Because I got to a point in my late 20s um, where it was just really, really unhealthy. Right. It, it's terribly unhealthy. Um, and then you go, actually, you know what? I'm missing, I'm missing a lot of stuff here and there. I'm missing hanging out with me mates. You know, people are going through life changes. You're not as present in stuff. I've, I'm doing a stupid amount of work. And for what? Really? Um, so, yeah, I kind of had to change me... Uh, um, change my perspective on that and uh, yeah I do try and get a good balance on it now um, I've got a healthier relationship at work certainly mm. yeah what, what like in terms of I, I now we, I'm fascinated in the day to day questions in terms of like actual hours like I know it's hard to put like an average hour like but in your like work week how many like hours do you say you do a day it's like it's a constant state of like it's like fucking having Rumpelstiltskin in your room and he's running around and you're just trying to trick him into things um, you know what I mean? Like you've got this little creature who's like, you need to focus for fucking half an hour, mm-hmm. um, and you're just constantly playing, playing tricks. Um, I, I do that with myself. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, do this now for two hours, and then go do this. Um, and you know, it's kind of like, uh, like, uh, like rewarding yourself as well. Yeah. All right, you can do the nice thing now if you do this many hours right now. It's actually, it's not, it's not the best, but like. I still haven't figured it out. Like I, w- I was doing a thing this year. I read about this, um, this way of working, which was like it just write in half an hour burst and then take fifteen minute breaks. And I was like, that actually sounds good. Like that's quite, it's quite manageable. Because yeah. what I'd been doing for like the last couple of years, I would, I, w- I would write. I'd kind of write like, if I was, if it was, if it was a writing day that I was working on, it was a writing project. I, I do like an eight hour day or something. Mm. But then I'd be looking back and I going like, actually, I probably got a good like, four done there. And I was like, if I just find a way of doing the four, and then the other four that I've fucking wasted, um, I actually just do something productive with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I started doing that thing where it's like, actually, you know what? I'm only going to work till two o'clock now, but that's going to be like a, a full day. Yeah. So it's it's constantly like balancing that kind of stuff. And I'm still actually kind of figuring out, but it does feel like, yeah, you've got some little gremlin man that you're trying to, f- he's throwing riddles at you and you're trying to fucking placate him. Um, yeah, it's my, I did a this like, had a little fish amble course in, in Limerick with the bell table. Uh, right, and they do this amazing little thing where you go down and like, you know, it, they cover your expenses and it's brilliant. And yeah. It was just with like Gavin Costick and Jim Cullen and cool, yeah. Deirdre Kinnan, but it was great. And like that's what <laughs> that was the one takeaway I got from it. The course is great and really like brilliantly unstructured in the sense they just let it go wherever it needed to go. But we like they did this thing where like you know they they mad for their tiny plays and stuff like that. We yeah. kind of like did that th- and they were like right we're gonna give you like uh, forty five minutes and go and write a small play. It was fucking great and I I and I write quite fast like I can I can go yeah and I ended up like in forty five minutes. And I, I ended up, I don't know, I might have cranked out like 
five or six pages let's say and I was like fuck like if I again did that if I did eight hours and knocked out like five or six pages that's great going do you know that's what I mean that's really good going isn't and it that was my takeaway I was like well then exactly why don't you just do like two three four hours of really good work and then you just stop yeah that's going to be and there's this thing as well there's this uh, screenwriter John August he's great um, I, I love John, you know John August yeah, yeah. You know, he's got a podcast script notes yeah. which is a really cool screenwriting podcast but he, he does this thing called a writing sprint and he'll just do it at random points of the day and he'll be like and I often see him doing it on Twitter he'll just be like you know, writing sprint, 30 minutes, let's go. And he just do those as an aside. He's got a couple of hours or he's sitting around for a minute. He'd be like, I'll do a 30 minute writing sprint. And that, and that's how he approaches it. And then he gets like fucking 10 pages on those 30 minutes. And then he doesn't do anything else. I was like, that's a really good way of just focusing your mind. Like just treat it as a sprint. Um, so those little, those little things can be quite useful. But if you're put in certain, also environment kind of helps as well. Like, you know, if you've, if you do something like a, like a residency or something. Yeah. Like I always find those things like a shit ton done. Yeah. Which I wouldn't maybe normally get before of them, like getting distracted by doing the washing or I'm going out like I did fucking last week. I went out and I cleaned all the windows, um, which I hadn't done before. Yeah. <laughs> in my gaff, I was like, I should go out and clean everything now. I'm like, actually, I'm just procrastinating. That's what I'm doing. Do you think there'll be less plays written this year because of the sun? I hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really mess it. I don't. I don't. Yeah, no, no. Um, I, I possibly, it's been hard. Like, I've been doing, oh, no, I was doing, I, I did a play there for a while, which was great to get out and work with other people, but, um, Man, it's tough writing indoors, man. Like, it's yeah. Do you write in a notepad or on your laptop? Write my laptop. Yeah, me too. Has yeah, and I've <laughs> I've I'm at a point now where I've like I've, I've got the the physical injuries from like writing too much from too long. I've got like a fucking trap. Like anybody who knows me listens to be like, oh, he's going on about the fucking trap <laughs> nerve again now. But like I I like I've I've adopted bad posture or like sustained posture over a couple of years yeah. from using a laptop, and um, I've kind of done my shoulder a bit of a mischief, and I've kind of. Yeah, so I've got these like writing injuries. I'm just like, actually, I physically need to take a break from it. Yeah, I've been doing it for too long. Yeah, um, and it's even harder than when you're like looking outside at the sun. Um, so it is. So maybe like I, I'd imagine people writing shows now for like later in the year. Yeah, that's got to be fucking tough. That's yeah, that's tough. Yeah, right. Fuck it. We give another spin. Go for it. Okay, here we go. Number forty nine. Do you have it? I don't. All right. No, no worries. Number forty nine. What do you think people's first impressions of you are? Um. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm saying I don't know because I actually don't know what their first impressions of me are unless they show me they show me a really obvious, um, like there's a grimace or something. I'm like, oh fuck, they don't really like me. Um, oh, that wasn't good. Um, or somebody's over friendly. I'm like, okay, maybe I've made a good impression there. Um, I I think I'd generally be kind of friendly and amiable. I hope. Um, I suppose like anybody you can be a little bit shy getting to know people. Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be um, effusively uh, reserved. Yeah, <laughs> those are contradictions in terms, I suppose. But uh, like, I'd be you know, always happy to meet new people, and um, what you, you can't really control what you give off. Like, you just don't know. Yeah, you that, don't, that, like you just you do your best. You put your best foot forward. Mm. Unless you're a prick, but like, no, you do. You know, you like you, if you're meeting people, you, you you and you want people to have an honest kind of opinion of it. I don't like. You know, I don't like that energy with if people feel really like amped, like they're they're performing or something when yes. they come into a room. I'm like, what the fuck is that person doing? That's a bit weird. Yeah. Um. But no, I remember. Uh, you won't remember this, but I do. The, the remember that play. Um, is this the first? You're going to talk the first time yeah. you met me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 gas I can remember it. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> remember. No, because I didn't. We didn't actually meet. This this is part of the story. But it was that play you were doing with John and Rosanna in Project Downstairs. Oh, War of Attrition. War of Attrition. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a great play. And I remember I knew John uh, and Rosanna. I went with Emma Jane, who would be Rosanna's sister, yeah. obviously. And um, so I kind of knew the two of them. And I think you were milling around the place doing different bits. And I think you were. 
uh, so I was chatting to them and then you kind of popped up I remember but you were very very friendly but I was like I was definitely like intimidated by you but I think because you were from DIT do you know the way like there's yeah. not there's not tons of people that are out and about doing stuff probably especially not from your time just because of the nature of the fucking thing like people drop off over years yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean what, so, what, what, what was it what was it that intimidated was it the fact that I just always carry a shiv with me <laughs> I think that was, was it. That was probably it. I mean, yeah, I had to stop doing that. That was yeah. just giving people the wrong impression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was your tiny hands. <laughs> it was my tiny hands. How can a man with hands this tiny be threatening? Yeah. Not at all, folks. No, no wonder he no wonder he has writing injuries. Oh, no, he'll he- throw his little punches at me. <laughs> yeah, that's how I have writing. Yeah. Because your hands can't fully get across the keyboard. Yeah, so your arms so are just small. doing all the work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, but um, yeah, I remember. I, I do remember that. I remember you were heading up, but you were very friendly. I, I, I think you waved. I don't think we shook hands. I think you waved. Yeah, a little wave. Look at this now, Tom. Very little small hand. I know. <laughs> I know. It's lovely. It's a real underdog story. It really is. Uh, all right, number twenty-eight. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Oh, I do. Oh, I you do. do. I didn't realize that was an eight. I do have twenty-eight. Yeah. She's the nonchalance of that. Finally. Very good. But you Ooh. can tick that off. So Deadly. I'll give you the pleasure. Great. Um, that was lovely I felt great taking it off Yeah I know it is, it is a good feeling It is amazing Speaking of good feelings Do you believe in love at first sight? Uh, yes I do Yeah um, Not in like uh, Not in a way where it's um, I mean it, it can be dodgy I, I don't I don't believe in a thing where it's like You see someone and Oh no I do it, But what I'm saying is It's not It wouldn't be the consistent thing I think you could see someone and You could be like Jesus Christ But like You got You got to like Jump through a lot of like uh, hurdles there as well to get to a point where you're like oh that was actually love at first sight you know what I mean yeah um, I think you can just have an like an immediate connection with someone or get a sense from someone mm. um, and that may or may not bear out yes you know what I mean like yeah it's it, yeah it's a weird feeling like you can sometimes yeah and it can manifest itself in different ways it's kind of like you know like if you have like um, uh, like a romantic dream. Or like a sex dream yeah. about like someone you know, uh. and then and it'd be really weird and really weird. like if I had a sex dream about you, Tom, yeah. um, which could very well happen. Stop making eye contact. Uh, Can you look I'm over there and say, yeah. um, you know what I mean? And then you, you like I'd residually fancy you for about like five days or something afterwards because yes. of that very intense dream, and you're like, that's not actually a real feeling. Well, it is, but like it's because of blah 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 blah, and you know maybe love at first sight is quite, it's that kind of thing. It's like a particular. Again, it's a like a confluence of things, and it goes bam, and then you know you can maybe have a moment. Yeah, it's a very nice thing to believe in, though, isn't it? It is. Like, can you think of can you think of someone who you saw for the first time and you still like remember it in that love at first sighty glow? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I remember I had. Yeah, I had. I, yeah, years ago. Yeah, I had a, had a moment with someone where I was like, Jesus Christ, and I like immediately kind of fancied a person, and then I was like, and then, yeah, then it abated. You did it, yeah. So it just faded. So like, oh, it did fade, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so then, like, but then, does that still qualify as love at first sight, or does like is the test of love at first sight how long the like you sustain that first sightedness? Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, definitely linger for a while. But then you kind of like I don't know. You, but then you kind of like if you get to know the person, um, you know, um, that kind of changes things then obviously as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, wait, have you had those moments? Yeah, I can think of one. Yeah, mm. and I, I, it's weird because I don't have a very good memory for things. Yeah, like honestly, like, uh, and I can think of one, where, and I like remember where it was and like what they were wearing and what I was wearing and like what else was in the room. And yeah, I can re- like the, I can remember what the day was like. Do you know what I mean? Ah, oh, that's very romantic. It is, yeah, Isn't but, it? but 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 once, but again, but like, but then you could probably like it's probably. 
Yeah, I wonder like is the exception like how much do you trust that? Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's the thing. I actually don't. I just I. Yeah. Well, not that I don't. Um, I I do and I don't. It's because you're dealing with the two things. Like it's not like it's there's the gut and there's the head there when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and you're trying to find a balance between the two. And don't forget the heart, John. The heart, <laughs> the heart, which is also part of the guts. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do the torso as a whole thing, <laughs> and then the head is a separate thing. It's very practical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I do, yeah, and it's about that kind of balance. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah, I suppose you get an instinctive urge that someone is like, "Oh, that's there's something there." Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and I think even in hindsight, speaking vaguely, like, I think that was like that was definitely right. But it's like, yeah, you, that that can't sustain. There's not, like there's only so much like bad stuff that like that like you, you know they they get to that point and like how much when you weigh them up at the end of the day. Yeah, you're yeah are you like it is constantly yeah it's constantly kind of checking through stuff um as well and like the flip can happen. You could look at someone, you could like meet someone, and on paper you're like Jesus, this person like takes so many boxes from me or this is mm. um. This should make sense, but if you don't like, if you don't have that kind of like gut feeling, or I don't know what it is, attraction, or you know, it, it could be. Yeah, there's no point in doing that. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a balance between the two, but it's a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely idea. Yes. Um, and I just think it's not like it's not a cut and dry thing. I think it'll manifest. There's, there's, I bet you there's, you know, of course there is. There's thousands of people who've had that experience, and it's actually like followed through for them. Yeah. And there's people who've had it, and maybe like, you know, never met the person again, or just went out on a couple of dates, and yeah. Yeah. Right, I think we've got time for one more. All right. Let's give it a spin. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number 43. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Number 43. Oh, yeah, this is a kind of nice way to end. If there was one thing you could change about Ireland, what would it be? Oh, um, one thing I could change about Ireland. I would completely try and dismantle the... Uh, the this is getting really immediately political. Yeah. Um, just the, 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 the power grip that... Uh, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil have because I think it's just really fucking cynical and mm. I think we're kind of done with it and I think we know we're done with it as well um, but they're, they're they're very good at manoeuvring their way kind of consistently trying to manoeuvre their way into the fabric of um, I don't know like kind of like the consciousness of the nation and I think the country really feels like it's done you know it's like having something in your fucking body mm. like some parasite that you just want to fucking discharge that that was actually that was the grimmest analogy I could have used. Body horror. <laughs> That's what they're like. Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are like uh, David Cronenberg style body horror. Right. It's it's just like this. It's just this horrible kind of negative infestation that I think we're, we we need to get rid of and we should get rid of. Um, and I'm not even talking. I'm not even, what I'm, I'm not talking about is like getting rid of them entirely because you know there's 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 people for them and there's people for those parties, but they've just they're so entrenched in the country. And they're the consensus now. They're propping each other up because they realise that effectively, you know, their time is up. With every with every election, their 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 influence is receding and receding. So they're propping each other up. They realise the writing's on the wall. There's not a strong alternative, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but I think that if we can kind of, you know, if the country could like shirk that and get rid of them for a while, I think it'd be really interesting to see what could happen. So that's what I'd change. Yeah, is 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 like politics something that you'd ever do? No. No. It's not. It really isn't. Like I'm interested in it. Yeah. Um. I. I definitely am. But um. I don't get political. Like I. Like I'm not. A, I'm not a party person. You know. I would gravitate towards some individual politicians and stuff like that. But no, man. It's shit. Like Jesus. I. I just. I just like look at politics. Like that's just no. There's no crack in that. Like. Yeah. I. 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 I really admire the people who do. Like who you know do it for a noble and 
um, do it for reasons that are very, uh, you know, filled with integrity and they, they, they've, they've got a genuine cause and they're passionate about it. Mm. And I really respect that because it's a fucking hard slog. But um, Such a hard slog. I don't yeah. understand it. But there's just so many chancers. I'm just like, look, look, the amount of, like, the amount of dopes that are in that system. Yeah. Um, and why they're in that system. I'm just going on. That's just inherently negative. So yeah. I think, for the most part, I do think of it in a negative way because I think that's kind of, that's how we've been conditioned. We're so used to it, like yeah, you know, like you know, it's like constantly just like fucking Keystone cops. You know what I mean? Just looking at all these idiots, just um, uh, like even even stuff like you know, uh, Veradker during the week as well. Like it's like he had like the, this like slight smidgen of goodwill. And it's like ah, uh, you know, go over to America now and you should talk to everyone. And you've gone and fucked it now again. Yeah, and he just just he does that every couple of months. I know and they all kind of do that every couple of months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of bizarre, but. Fuck it, sure. We're here. We're here. No, it's actually. It's it, you know what? It feels like a really, like I know that sounds like a neg thing, but I think like it, it, that would be a positive change. Um, I think we live in a really. It's a really exciting time in Ireland at the moment, isn't it? Yes. Isn't yeah. it just a good vibe, like? No, there there absolutely is. Like, I like there's a lot of shit that needs to be that 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 needs to be changed. But I think you get the sense that everybody feels really emboldened to actually fucking do that, like. Yeah, and I mean, I know it's been said this isn't like new ground, but like in the time when all the fucking shit is hitting the fan in the UK with like Brexit, as you were saying earlier, and shit, and then in the states where everything's just fucking up in the air in so many different ways, like, and Ireland just has had these like little few tests, you know, and things that should never have had to be contested in the first place, but they were, and like we've just absolutely smashed it on multiple occasions. We really have, and in a we? really classy way. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like in a really like for the most part, like very like respectful way and with like positivity and like love and like it was like artfully done it was done it really was because I could like I could kind of remember I remember being like a child and like kind of uh, as a child kind of growing up through that like the Celtic Tiger stuff and there was a lot of negative stuff but what what was really like um what was really kind of potent to me as a child and what I could, what was tangible and I could feel it was this like collective swell of like national pride, this confidence in 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 being Irish mm. in terms of like the sport and like you know the comedy and the the the, the, the um the you know, cinema and the stuff that the nation was doing and I felt like I really felt like everybody was just really into the idea of being Irish and it feels like we've had a rough couple of years and we're kind of getting back to that, you know what I mean? Like you got a year like this where we got stuff like the referendum and you know like there's you know there's yeah, there's a good, there's a good kind of collective, um, I, I think pride that's kind of creeping back in. But like, obviously, you know, like not everything is perfect, um, and there's a, there's a, there's a long ways to go. But like, I think we're on the right, on the right track. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it, like it's just it, it's go crack being being Irish when everybody's in good form. It's you like see that like the last couple of weeks in with the heat wave. It's like this is fucking deadly. It this is. is really cool. Absolutely, everybody, everybody's delighted and. Um, I just love that. I just love seeing everybody's like front doors been open. Everybody's just sitting out, panning out. Um, you know, it's great crack. Like yeah. kids are loving it. Lovely vibes. Please let it be like this forever. I know. <laughs> hey, John Morton, this has been great. Thanks a million, Tom. This has been the longest episode coming. We've been what? We've oh, been coming. Yeah, overall. I was just, okay. <laughs> looking at the clock. No, we've been trying to make this happen for so long. I mean, yeah. So it's great. Thanks for taking the time. Oh to no, do it was it. a it was a pleasure to get to do it. Thanks, thanks so much. Yeah. So I guess all that. I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, we finally get to hug then. Is we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't do it on mic because it will just we'll just hear you grunting. <laughs> John Morton, thanks for playing personality bingo. Thanks. 
So guys, that was the brilliant John Morton playing personality bingo with Tom Moore. And John, again, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. I know you're flat out with so many different things and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come in and have the chats with your little hands. <laughs> in other news, as I said, uh, come check us out at Copperface Jacks the Musical. Uh, it's a fucking great cast and we're going to have a few episodes uh, with some of the, the cast and crew of the show because uh, I'm really proud of it and they're just such a sound bunch. Um, and yeah, I just look for you to come and see it. it. It honestly is the most crack. Any show that finishes with Maniac 2000 playing uh, is kind of a show you should see. So come and check us out. We're at the Olympia Theatre uh, until the middle of August, uh, August 12th and we're up and running now so shows uh, are selling really well as you can imagine. This is going to be like the feel-good show of the summer. I know I'm in it. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that but to be honest it is. We did our first preview last night and I'm still on a bit of a high from it because like, I mean the crowd just jumped to their feet. It was like one of the most spontaneous standing ovations I've ever seen in my life and I'd love for you to come in and see what all the fuss is about. So, um... Other than that, I'll leave you too with just a few quick thank yous. A massive thank you to Aaron Lindsay for mixing, editing, and producing the podcast. To Taz Kelleher uh, for, I mean, being there from the very beginning. To the brilliant Paddy O'Leary and Alan Bennett for uh, having us a part of the family. And also to the wonderful Leah Moore and Anthony Manley and Connor Nolan for their brilliant theme music and artwork, respectively. Uh, again, a massive thank you to you, John, for taking the time to do it. And I shall see you next week, I hope, for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.